I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum! Astral Radio Z is a horror cult. Exploitation film podcast by filmmakers, critics, musicians, journalists, and fans for the film obsessed. Here is your host, Derek Terry. Yes, Astro Radio Z is in fact a podcast that comes out with new shows. And I welcome you to the 31 Days of Horror episode. We do it every single year. I think we've only skipped one year in the my entire run of Astro Radio Z. So this year, boy, let me tell you. I watched way more films than I think I've ever watched. And now if you are familiar with what 31 days of horror is, is I've been running this group. I don't even know how long now. Uh, Let's just say years in which I bring all my friends together every single day of October. We watch a horror film and then post about it. And everyone talks and gets some yucks in and discovers some new horror movies we haven't seen before. And then at the end of the month, I bring them on to my show and we talk about the best movies we've watched and the worst movies we watched. So the people I brought on the show tonight, which I'm so thankful they've stuck around and decided to keep coming on my show after it's been months upon months since I've done a regular show with these gents and lady. Glenn Bittner, it's been a very long time since you've been on Astro Radio Z. How are you doing, my friend? I'm just glad to feel needed again. <laughs> I'll give you a pat on the back and in the nether regions. <laughs> Hopefully it makes you feel better. Maybe. Maybe. And then next to him is Mr. Gonzarific himself, Andrew Shearer. How are you doing? Hey, man. How y'all doing? I'm happy to be here. And of course, Mr. Mark, the movie man, he can't stay away from 31 Days of Horror. He's got to tell you all the good stuff. Mark, are you going to be able to whittle it down to two films? Remember, only two movies. I don't want to hear a list of 50,000 movies when I ask what the best movie was. Can you do just one for the best movie? You said whittle. Exactly. That's exactly what I thought was going to come out of your mouth. (laughs) Then Angelique Bone, of course, she is back. This is actually her one-year anniversary on Astro Radio Z. You're right. I didn't. Congratulations. I don't know if I should say congratulations, but uh, I'm still. I'm glad you're still around. You've put up with me for a year, and that's that's longer than most people. So I really appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am a very patient individual. And last but not least, this is a gent that I've met at numerous Cinema Wastelands. He's been hanging out in the group. I don't know, James. His was this your first year in Thirty One Days of Horror uh, in my group? Yes, yes, indeed. Well, welcome. And how was it for you? Uh, it was a it was a challenge, but it was a lot of fun. Have you ever done 31 Days of Horror before this? You know, I've thought about it, but I didn't keep the uh, motivation up. So I'd usually just watch like maybe 10 in a row and then quit. So you guys kept me at it. Well, that's good, because let me tell you, this may this year almost broke me. I know I say <laughs> this every fucking year, but I'm not kidding you. The last week. 
I I was just like, I'm so ready for October to be done. I just I can't do this anymore. Then next year, I may just take a back seat and run the group and not actually do the challenge. I think I need a year off <laughs> because this one, I don't know what it was that last week burnt me out in general. How did you guys feel about 2016? How did this go for you guys? Andrew? I had an awesome time. This was, I honestly wasn't going to do it. I only done it one other year. That was like three years ago. But once I found my way into it, like I had a, a spin I put on it. I was jazzed as shit. I couldn't wait to watch one every night. It was cool. Yeah, you had a really great one uh, because you did a theme the entire time. And uh, you actually, the <laughs> Cinemaphile podcast, your podcast, you talked about it. And I think sometimes that is the best way to go if you need to reinvigorate yourself. Um, but yours in particular was awesome. You did the 31 days of black horror. What was, what was the reasoning behind wanting to do it? Um, well, quite honestly, when we talk about two, 2016, I'm just over white people's crisis that they're having, you know, like in general. And so it was a combination of that. It was also like, you know, Graveyard Shift Sisters, Ashley Blackwell's uh, blog and all the work that she's doing and uh, my final girl documentary, you know, those focus on uh, women of color in horror, but it's also about like purging what they say, the, the black female fan from obscurity or whatever. And this idea that horror is like a, you know, a white thing to be into. Right. Or, you know what I'm saying? So I just was like, you know, I started to think, I'm like, God, I, I love so many movies that would fit under that category. This could be really great. And then when I put together the list, I was like, damn, I'm, I'm going to have a really great time doing this. And uh, for the most part, I really did. Yeah, it sounded like it. There was some really great stuff. When I listened to that show you did, there was a lot of films I put down on a list Bless that I had watched. Thank you for yeah. listening to that, dude. That's that's what these are. That's what the entire group is about, is about pushing films out there to to people that that are hardened horror fans. But we're all human. We don't get to see every single stinking film that's out there. So it's always great to discover some new stuff. Except for Mark. He he has seen if if you follow him on Facebook, he has seen every movie that comes out at the movie theater. Mark, how did this year treat you Uh, for 31 days of horror? Uh, I did a lot of new stuff and I even uh, chose not to use most of the stuff that I saw at the horror fest, which I I could have done this year. I tried to still do the 31 days, even though I watched a lot of horrors during uh, the new horror fest and about 90, I would say about 95% of what I watched was brand new watches. So Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm with you on that one. I tried to do the exact same thing this year. I think toward the end, I broke that rule a little bit, mostly because uh, Ted V. Michaels died, and mm-hmm. I felt the need to watch a bunch of Ted V. Michaels movies. But other than that, I've watched all. I watched almost exclusively all one-time views. Yeah, I, I had First a couple. Views. I had a couple repeat views, but actually, those were because of either a show. Uh, I was doing or, or something else that I was uh, working on that I watched a, a re you know rewatch. Otherwise, yeah, I tried to do all new stuff, and uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. So, Andrew, how are those Cheetos tasting? <laughs> Sorry, homie, I'm really hungry, dude. <laughs> 
Well, uh, one thing that we did this year that was a little different, because last year we did uh, the weekly group watches, which was just I didn't we didn't watch the films together, but we selected four movies, one per week in which uh, the whole entire group would watch. And then we'd have a thread where we talked about it this year to change it up. There's this uh, app or this website called Rabbit, rab.it, and uh, you can actually stream and have group watches through this site with just links. You could do YouTube, Netflix, uh, Amazon. We did some Dropbox uh, nights. And every, I think, did we do it every single week? I think we did, except that yeah, last we week I, I left uh, and hung out with my folks for uh, half a week. So I wasn't able to do the screening, but the group as a whole, we did do one every week. Yeah. And uh, half of the group that's on here tonight actually were a part of these. Angelique, what did you think of those those group watches that we did? Oh, it's so much fun. I mean, because not only are we watching a movie together, but it has that chat feature and we can riff on the movie while we're watching it and and just see everybody's reaction to it. It's, that yeah, was the best. Don't, let me tell you, the first week was a little rough. <laughs> we watched a movie called The Gateway Meet. And um, God. after oh, that God. movie, I decided we were going to do nothing but goofy like weirdo films, like stuff that we would laugh through because <laughs> the gateway meet was not a funny movie. What do you think, Mark, of the gateway meet? Oh, oh God. Yeah, I, I don't know what to think. I it, it made me wonder just what we were going to watch the rest of the month because... <laughs> Well, I, I did plan out every single week. You and did. then once we watched the gateway meet, I'm like, no, fuck this list. <laughs> we're going to go. We're going back to the. <laughs> we then I think the next week watched Hard Rock Zombies. Yeah. Yeah. Which was a unanimous. That was so awesome. That was First cool. time view. I'm sure it will. We will be talking about hard rock zombies at some point in this show. Yep. But we did. Uh, we did. The first week was Gateway Week. Second week was Hard Rock Zombies, in which I played two nights in a row. And then third week was a Nudist Colony of the Dead, followed by the Orgy of the Dead. <sighs> and then what was uh, the week that you did it, Mark? When we did it, we watched. Oh, we watched Night. Of the Were Rooster, I think. It was you and Tanya Atomic. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. We watched Night of the Were Rooster and then we watched Mystic in Bali. Oh, Mystic in Bali. What a fucking awesome movie that is. Yeah. But, but yeah, we watched. Uh, <laughs> I remember that because, yeah, we watched. Uh, we watched. We had watched. <laughs> yeah, we had. We we had gotten through Were Night of the Were Rooster, and then we were like, uh, "I'm like, ah, uh, we can't end the night like this." And so we watched Mystic in Bali. That was my second viewing in that week of watching Mystic in Bali. Yeah, we had a you you had a Hard Rock Zombies weekend like I did, yeah. where you watched it twice. Um. This is just some of the stuff that I try to do with my group where I just try to get everybody involved and have a good old time. So if you have not done this or aren't aware of the group that I run, it, the name now has changed. We've decided to make it a year-long group. 
Um, so if you want to just sit and talk horror all year long and with some really cool cats, go to the Horror Challengers on Facebook and just join the group. I only let in people I think that are going to be legit and aren't going to be dickheads and aren't going to sit there and shill endlessly on the site. That's not what this is about. This is about a bunch of like-minded people that want to hang out and actually talk about horror films respectfully and have fun. This is there's no trolls. There's no people that think they're better than anyone else. Really cool group of people. So let's go ahead and move on and talk about what the best films we watched this October were. So let's take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll talk about the good stuff. The cream de la crop. Welcome back, folks. Here we are going to talk about the best films we watched this 2016 31 Days of Horror. So, Glenn, I'm going to start with you, my friend. What was the best thing you watched? Well, I'm I'm discounting a few that weren't new watches. That'd be like The Thing and Prince of Darkness because I just had to have some palate cleansers. But um, the best one probably would be What We Become. It's a Danish film. It's a uh, it's a zombie apocalypse movie, but it's not. You really don't see zombies much at all throughout the movie. Uh, it's basically it's how the government and uh, reacts to an outbreak and the people who get stuck in that reaction. It's basically this small town. It's completely quarantined. I mean, they're like zippered up into their houses type of quarantine. Um, it was really cool because you got a lot of that paranoia of the, you know, you have your neighbors, but now it's everyone's paranoid about who has whatever this infection is because throughout most of the movie, they, I mean, being a horror fan, I know, Oh, it's a zombie. It's a zombie movie. But you know, the people in the movie, all they know is there's some infection that's going on and they don't know what it is. They don't know what's going on because they can't leave their homes. They're not given any information. They, uh, their internet's cut off all that stuff. I mean, they're completely isolated. And I like movies like that, where it's, it plays a lot more on, on the whole paranoia and just the, the not knowing what's going on. And it's subtitled, so I get to feel superior. <laughs> it is on my list of them to watch, as in I scroll through Netflix, I go, oh, and then I scroll through, and then I fall asleep, because that's what happens. I think yeah. these, these kind of, you know, the, the paranoia films... Uh, which I, essentially zombie movies kind of are. They're kind of like the thing and stuff like that. There was a few of them that I watched uh, this October. One being uh, We Are Still Here a little bit kind of had that flavor. Oh, and yeah. and um, The Hollow, which I thought was an excellent film. You haven't checked that uh, one out. You mean The Hollow? The Hollow, thank you. Not the no, Hollow. Not the Hollow. The Hollow is a completely oh different God, no. movie. That's right. <laughs> that was that Derek one that you and I watched, Mark. That was a total piece of shit. <laughs> right after Zombies. 
<laughs> oh man, let me tell you, yeah, the hollow H A L L O W, not the hollow H O L L O W. It's easy to get confused though, because there's the hollow, the hollow, the hollows, the shallows, the shallows. Yeah, here it's the holler. The, the shallows. The marshmallows. Is hallowed, yep. yep. Remington Steel. <laughs> yes. Remington Steely Dan. <laughs> Steely Danzig. <laughs> Did you guys listen to that this week? Yes. No. It was the best. Mother, tell your children not to work my way. Tell your children not to hear my words. What they mean, what they say. Mother. What we become. That's that's the flick Glenn brought in. I got to check that out. I think you and I um, off air at uh, Splatterfest were talking about that a little bit this weekend. That sounds like a yep. good one. I I guess my, my point is what I, where I was going with this. Those are some of my favorite films. I think the zombie genre mm-hmm. in general is kind of played out, mostly because over the last 10 years, ever since the Dawn of the Dead remake, we've just been so inundated with that stuff. And, I mean, you could go to our zombies episode to hear me go on about that. But um, it is nice to occasionally get a good kind of like infection paranoia film. They there's just like that kind of nonstop. I think oh the purge is kind of like that a little bit, where there's just like you're being attacked from all sides. You don't know where the threat's coming from. Stuff like that. I still like those movies. I can't. I still look for them. I don't watch much of them. Because there's just so much of it out there. So much of that zombie stuff out there. It's hard to suss out what's good and what's not anymore. So I'm glad you're you're still holding on to the good fight, Glenn. And you're you're the one that's gonna watch all of these so I can find out what the good ones are. <laughs> Keep yeah. watching all the zombie movies and just tell me what the good ones are. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> I'm sure you're glad you're taking up that mantle, right? Yeah, because this was the only good zombie one I watched. <laughs> All right, next, Mr. Mark the Movie Man. What was the movie you watched that you liked the best? One? Okay. Um, yes, Mark, one. Okay. I enjoyed <laughs> a few. <sighs> but I actually, I will say, while Mystics in Bali was a lot of fun, it was actually a wide-release film, and it was Mike Flanagan's Ouija, The Origin of Evil. Wow, interesting. I had to think back through of all the ones I watched, and I will say that that one stuck with me for a long time. I enjoyed how it was. Even though I I didn't quite like how it ended on the whole, uh, I'm a Mike Flanagan fan, and he hasn't disappointed me yet. And he did it with this, especially with being a wide-release film. It um, it's actually a prequel that is better than the original. It you actually is, saw the original one. I did in the theaters. God help me. Jesus um, Christ, Mark, you got a problem. You seriously watch every, I was talking with Glenn about this this weekend. Every time you post a new picture of yourself in front of the, the, like the, the posters and stuff at the movie theater, I'm like, he doesn't have to watch that. What's he doing? 
Why is he called, watching that? It's called Movie Pass, and if yeah, more- that, I keep hearing this excuse. Doesn't matter. <laughs> you don't gotta watch them all, Mark. I I know, but I, I will say I'm glad this one I was looking forward to, and and I was glad I did go see it because. Uh, I thought it was well-crafted. Mike Flanagan's got a great style of uh, playing with the corners of the frame and in the background of stuff that you don't realize is back there. And then when you do, you go, holy shit, Um, (laughs) that's freaking creepy. There was just one moment, like in the second act and the way it ended, uh, I thought it was just a little bumpy, but the way it was ending was to help try to connect it to the first one. So I figured... I figure the producers kind of got their little bit of their fingers in it. That's the way it felt like it. Was the, the whole, was the original one kind of just like a, a generic supernatural movie? Yeah, it was. It was it was a generic supernatural movie, though. They did kind of do this cool thing with the Ouija uh, slider where you hold it up to your eye and you can actually see the supernatural world in the oh, house. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's just, <laughs> you know what that sounds like? I know I already went off on an episode with Amanda about this. That's like that same stupid gimmick in that last paranormal activity movie <laughs> where that VHS can quarter had a million and a half tubes that allowed them to shoot the fucking ghosts. <laughs> well, with this one, I mean, it's tied to the Ouija thing, so you buy in it a little more. But Mike Flanagan's just got a really good style. In fact, he had one – he only had a couple jump scares in there. One of them was one where I didn't expect it at all. He executed it perfectly, and I actually yelled in the theater, fuck you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I don't – It's movie too, right? So there were kids huh? in there? What? No, there weren't any kids in there. I was like one of three people in in the theater, unfortunately. (laughs) But I just I just yelled, fuck you, Mike, loud, because it was one of those where he he, did it beautifully. There's no setup. There's no crescendo music. There's no anything. There's just kind of this normal scene. And suddenly he cuts this just creepy as fuck image of this little girl. And I'm just like, damn you. So. Yeah, it, it surprises me, but it surprised myself. But yeah, out of all the actual horror that I watched over the 31 days, that one was actually my favorite. Um, That's awesome. That's so good to hear because I one of my I, and I'll, I'm not going to let it out of the bag yet what my favorite one is. But I also watched some Mike Flanagan that I hadn't seen before this month. And uh he has such great attention to tone and atmosphere. And I'm really glad that he's getting, and he's still doing genre work and that he's getting all this work because I think he is one of uh, the voices out there to pay attention to. Um, Cause Absentia is flat out one of my favorite horror films ever. I mean, I've watched it numerous times and it still holds up. Absolutely love that one. Did anyone else check out this new Ouija movie? Yeah, I saw it. Um, what do you think, James? Well, that uh, that jump scare that he just mentioned that uh, that got me pretty good too. I, I <laughs> you know what you knew which one I was talking about. <laughs> yep. It was a pretty good, pretty good edit. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. The ending kind of disappointed me a little bit too, but I mean, overall, it's still pretty great. Had you seen the original one? No. 
Well, I think, you know, I almost went to go see this movie, but for some reason I talked myself out of it because I hadn't seen the original one. But I'm like, this is a prequel. I should be able to just go into it and watch it. Did you feel kind of left out, James, of anything? Oh, absolutely not. I um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. Yeah, he's crafted it well to where you don't really need to see the original at all. They do very little flashbacks except for the like the end credit sequence, uh, which you you know you didn't have to see the original really to figure things out. But the reason it was kind of my favorite of the month is for a wide release film. Even though I didn't quite like how it ended, and I think uh, James will agree, is that. It's actually, it's a good, scary movie. It's an actual modern, scary movie. There are scary moments in here that are not just relying on jump scares. And mm-hmm. that's what I really dug about it. You know, it, it's not yeah, just, I, hey, hey, hey. You know? Oh, there's just too much of that. And I, I remember we saw the, the trailer and, and I was just like, uh, and I, this was before I knew Flanagan did it. And I was just like, oh, man, another movie like this. <laughs> I'm ready for the paranormal craze to go away. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just not a big ghost movie fan in any way. So I'm glad to hear that this was actually pretty decent. So Mark the Movie Man picks Ouija, Origins of Evil for his I just, pick. I just got one question for James. James, what do you think about it being a period piece did you i thought that added a little extra something to it i think yeah um that really helped catch my attention at the beginning of the movie and had me kind of invested in it because i thought that was you know i was a little bold and uh that i mean the characters were fun yeah <laughs> what was the what was the like period that. that they were in uh 60s was it 65 i think i've got to i'd have to look it up but it was uh like uh, early 60s i think hmm. is when it was set so. makes me feel old that the 60s is a period piece <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> well we did determine that you are ancient Glenn. yeah but i know it's just in my mind generally when i hear period piece i think like you know sense and sensibility is a period piece <laughs> not you know something you know Set while Kennedy was president. <laughs> not not X Men First Class. Yeah. <laughs> not, you know, not five years before I was born. <laughs> yeah, 19, 1965 it was set in. So oh, sorry, okay. six years before I was born. All right. So let's move on, folks. Let's go, Mr. Gonzarific. What, in fact, was the best African American horror film you watched this month? Oh man, you know, I I wonder if I should just pick one that I watch. Okay, I'm gonna actually say the Zebra Killer from 1974. That was one that I hadn't seen before, and I picked a lot of like newer ones at first to add to the list. But I started to get, I was like, this isn't gonna be good. None, almost none of the newer ones were good. So I was like, it's 70s, it is, and whatever. But yeah, Zebra Killer is made by um, uh, William Girdler who made nine features before he turned 30 and then he died. Mm. Uh, he made like, um, we made another one that's on the list called Abby, which was the black oh, exorcist yeah. and Abby's amazing. It's a classic. <laughs> I had yeah. never seen zebra killer before. So I wanted to hunt it down. And, um, it's about, it's about a black cop being taunted by a serial killer. Who's a white guy in blackface killing people. 
Wow. Yeah, right? It's like, holy, holy crap. Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of the ones on the list do deal with racial issues, of course, and particularly the ones from the 70s have heavy overtones there. But like this one, I was like, I I couldn't believe it. I mean, they had a, and, and they weren't trying to hide that he was in blackface either. It was just like all all in your face and it showed him in his serial killer lair, like, you know, Xing off people's names off of a list. And at one point he kidnaps the cop's girlfriend is taunting her while he's got the black, you know, the black shoe polish makeup on. I was like, that's crazy. Yeah. Right. But I mean, it was, it was extremely cinematic. It's a great camera movements, um, all really good acting. I don't know why, but this, most of this guy's movies have just been like, either buried or don't have a good re- release because you've seen the manitou right that movie's ape shit mm-hmm. yep what is oh I, man does he have an actual decent release at all or how'd you see this uh zebra killer was at youtube yeah. oh abby. yeah abby is all over roku on like public domain sh- horror channels and they all look the like prints. yeah terrible prints just looks literally look like fifth generation VHS copies. Just yeah. terrible. Is this suffer the same fate? Yeah, I mean, it looks like total ass. And what sucks is it it was probably a nice looking movie when it came out, you know. Uh, and so I was just I think that was what it was. I was I've seen a lot of seventies horror and a lot of seventies black movies, but this was like the first that I'd seen that didn't do supernatural. You know, mm-hmm. and I always was like, man, does this go on the list? But some of this other stuff is like borderline. So, yeah, this is um, this is one that was more like, I don't know if Silence of the Lambs is not supernatural and it's considered horror. This is kind of like a black David Fincher movie or something. This this one, when I listened to your episode, this was the one that stuck out to me that I had never seen. I'm a big fan of Abby. Love that flick, which is essentially, you know, the black exorcist. Yeah, but Gonzo and it has Blackula as totally as the Exorcist. William, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't deny that that's a fucking awesome movie. And this sounds absolutely apeshit bonkers. Now I see that this is on YouTube in a couple different forms. Uh, There's one that's just the Zebra Killer, 1974. Then there's a link that the Zebra Killer, the Get Men. Yeah. Are the Get Man, Combat Cops, and Panic City, are those all its alternate titles? Yeah, and you know what's crazy is like none of those other ones really drive home what kind of movie it is. And that, you know, I, I know that uh, most of those films were action of that uh, particular era for black right. cinema. And so I could see like wanting to like, you know, sell it to the audience in some kind of easily digestible thing or sell it to exhibitors as some uh, easily, you know, double or triple build thing. But right. Zebra Killer is a seriously freaky, you know what I'm saying? Like a good, pol- you like Zodiac. That's what I kind of compare it to. It's just a, a police procedural, but you're like, holy crap, man, they wouldn't even make this movie now. They wouldn't, I, I kind of can't believe they made it at all, you know, but 70s were awesome. Well, I'm definitely going to be checking this out. I just put it on a list. <laughs> so I'll be watching this thing for sure. I'm guessing like nobody else has watched this, correct? Nope. No. No, but it's on my list now. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That's what this group's all about, man. Yeah. you. I, I loved your angle, Andrew. I'm a big black exploitation fan, and they're very and, – and the black horror films – don't get talked about at all. No, and what's crazy is like Dr. Black, Mr. Hyde, um, 
it's by the same guy that made Blackula. The effects are Stan Winston effects. They are so crazy. Mm-hmm. They look yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't Vinegar Syndrome just put that out? I don't I don't know. If they do, I gotta buy it because I got a DVD. It was like an anniversary DVD. So it's one I wanna of the, say it's either that one or or oh, there was a company that I believe just released that. I'm gonna look for it, man. I want it. Yeah, look for it. Good stuff. Awesome. Great pick so far. Angelique, what was your pick? Dr. Giggles. Oh my God. Are you shitting me? <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was the best film you watched this month. I love it. I hadn't watched it in a couple of years and uh, oh. I unboxed my DVDs, a lot of them. And I was like, Oh shit. There's a doctor in town and his name is Rendell. <laughs> 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 you must have really watched some horse shit this year. I mean, I want to hear this. What is it about Dr. Giggles that gets you going? Well, I mean, I like a good, you know, escape patient story. You know, that's I dig those. And this one's just nuts because not only is he insane, but he's also a doctor. Basically, he just didn't go to school. And his dad was a crackpot cardiologist that cut the hearts out of his patients. But, you know. Just little things like that, but no, what <laughs> just it, a little off, just a yeah, tad off. But what what gets me, what, what makes it the best, is because I remember watching this and like I had a slumber party and my mom rented us a stack of horror movies and this is one of them, and everybody else was asleep but me. And then that scene where he cuts himself out of his mother's dead body, <laughs> I was just like holy shit! It just blew your mind, right? Yes, yeah. So that one just that makes it. Just uh, and all the medical puns, like when the kids play in oh, Dr. God. Mario and he's looking at him and he's like, uh, terminal. And I'm like, exactly. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Here we go. <laughs> I, I know Mark likes a good pun. Mark, do you like Dr. Giggles? Uh, <laughs> uh, I haven't watched it in ages, though. Um, I am a big Larry fan, so. Uh, I did enjoy it when I watched it, but I haven't gone back to it. So, dude, I haven't seen this movie since the '90s when it came out. Yeah, same here, dude. I couldn't even tell you one thing about it, other than the fact I remember renting it and going, "You're kidding me, right?" Well, it was like the opposite <laughs> experience of the dentist. Like I remember thinking Doctor Giggles was going to be rags in the theater, and it wasn't. I remember renting the dentist thing is going to be shitty, and the dentist is pretty great. Right. The dentist right. is good. I'll and there's like, that. how many dentist movies did they make? I think there's a, a sequel to that, right? There is a, yeah, and part two is good, mm-hmm. too. They only made two. Oh, my gosh. James, did you see Dr. Giggles? I have not seen Dr. Giggles. But Whoa. it's going on list now. <laughs> oh, it's fun. It's just it's, it's a fun one, you know. No, I know like a lot of people year. that like it. We might maybe yeah. time to reevaluate. I kept it lighthearted this year, really. You know, because work has just been crazy insane and i just needed to take my mind off of things and and after watching hard rock zombies i was just like yeah i like this fun trend so i kept it kind of fun with with the rest of my month well that's how it should be i think it's good you know i'm dogging on it pretty hard but i am a huge (laughs) fan of just goofball shit and there's no doubt that dr giggles is yeah it's fucking goofball shit Definitely. Totally. <laughs> Glenn, you've seen this, right? <sighs> yep, that's all I, I wa- that's all I wanted to hear. 
Moving on, <laughs> last but not least, before I take the the helm and talk about the best movie I saw, James, what was yeah. the movie you you're gonna bring to the table? What was the best thing you saw? I'm gonna have to go with Cure. It's a Japanese kind of crime horror movie, mm-hmm. and it was just really. I know, had a great mood, great atmosphere, and it was expertly made. I loved every minute of it. What is this? What is this one about? I I know which movie you're you're talking about. It's from the late nineties. Um, what yeah. is this one about? Well, it's I guess it's it's sort of a murder mystery. It's about a cop trying to figure out who's killing all these people. But um, there's sort of a twist to it, or a supernatural element, where you find out that people are being killed by this like weird possession type thing it's kind of complicated but it's it's really really interesting and uh gory at some points i don't know it's uh, kind of hard is, to describe is it restrained gore or is it kind of like uh takashi miike type gore oh it's far from that it's pretty restrained it just pops up at a couple points in the movie but it's it's definitely used sparingly it's more cool. of a mood thing it's kind of it's a downer. It's a huge downer. <laughs> hey, that's you know what? It's the horror genre. There should be downer movies for Christ's sake. If you were going to compare it to anything, what would you compare it to? It's kind of like the movie Pulse. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah that that one's going on my list too. So, see, we this is one of those weird years where we are all picking movies nobody else has seen. <laughs> because <laughs> i think we really all kind of tried to stretch ourselves this year um there in in past years i think a lot of the group kind of watched a lot of the the classics you know the the comfort food quote-unquote of of uh you know of horror to just have a good time and for some reason this year i think everybody was on a mission to really like just watch the weirdest shit <laughs> and bring it in stuff they hadn't seen before. And also possibly bring in stuff the group hasn't seen before. I mean, that's what I was noticing across the group. Cause I know there's a few cats out there like Jason Hodge always, he wallows in like shot on video and, and Euro sleaze from the seventies. So I know Whenever I want to find find that quality Euro sleaze, I'm going to wait to see what Jason Hodge has to bring to the table every year. <laughs> um, but there was so yeah, there was just a lot of that across the board this year. It was really great to see that. So Cure, good. The Zebra Killer, whole shit hot. I'm going to be wa- I'm going to watch the shit out of that tomorrow. In fact, I actually just started watching Luke Cage last night, so it's going to have to be pushed while I finish this Luke Cage action. I like Luke Cage, and I don't give a shit about TV that much. Dude, let me tell you, I pushed off watching Luke Cage all month because I'm like, no, it's 31 days of horror. I can't watch anything but horror, and it fucking ate me alive. I wanted to watch that Luke Cage with a quickness. (laughs) Well, the thing is, man, it's like if I don't like the first episode of a show or if it doesn't make me want to see more of it, then I don't watch it. But Luke Cage was, man, that was, oh. I was hooked. It was Dude, good. let me tell you, I was he was the only part of Jessica Jones that I liked. So I was anxious for this because every time he was on on screen on in Jessica uh, in Jessica Jones, I was just like, okay, this is pulling the show together. This yeah. is 
really exciting. And then when he wasn't on screen, I was like, hmm. <laughs> so I'm, I was, I was jacked <laughs> for this show and I watched the first episode last night. So you better believe it. Once we're done recording here, I'm going to be watching some uh, Luke Cage, but anyways, not to get down that rabbit hole, which I already kind of opened the, the movie that I'm bringing to the table that I think the best one was, it's kind of tough for me. There was, there was a couple that I really, really liked. I'm going to pull a Mark, the movie man here. If you guys don't mind. Oh, wait, um, wait, wait, wait. I can't <laughs> hold on. I can't mention more than one. It's my show. It's called Astro Radio Z, Mark, the movie man. You can go on the Spoiler Room podcast, which you guys could go to iTunes and download and subscribe to the Spoiler Room podcast. See, I'm doing a show for you there, Mark, the movie Okay, okay well, I, no, I'm lining no, this no, a little I bit just... for you. You can go do that on your podcast. This is Astro Radio Z. This is my goddamn podcast. I'm going to list how many goddamn movies I want. Is that okay with you, Mark, the movie? I have no problems with that. Sir. Okay, good. I like that answer. Correct answer. You can stay on my show. So <laughs> there's <laughs> there's a there was a few that I watched that I really really dug, um, and I'll just be very quick about this. Um, if you haven't seen Project Metal Beast DNA Overload, go check it out. Hokey uh. science werewolf film from the nineties. It's ridiculous. Kane Hodder is in these werewolf outfits, just goring up this science facility. It's ridiculous. Watch it. You'll love it. It's on YouTube. Um, There was a really great atmospheric horror film, real small film called I'm a Ghost that I watched that I really liked. If you don't like experimental art horror, do not check it out. But I thought that was a really satisfying film. Um, of course, I saw Shin Godzilla. That was a good one. Ugh. But the movie that I got to say was down and out. The best movie I saw this month was Hush. I yes. loved Hush. And now I know Glenn and I talked about it. He wasn't too keen on Hush uh, when we had talked. He just thought he there was a few dots he couldn't connect that weren't working for him. But um I really loved this movie and it could have been because the movie I watched directly before it was so disappointed in me. And I'll talk about that later when we get to our next (laughs) segment, but uh, Mike Flanagan, he just gets tone and atmosphere unlike any other modern director that I know right now. And there was something about hush where you have a strong female lead. Cause the movie's about uh, a deaf writer who lives in the woods and is, is attempting to finish up a novel she's working on. And then one night a killer comes to her house to attempt to, to off her. And she just has to try and fend for herself and survive the night or just survive in general. And uh, the way that this movie is shot in the sound design, which cuts out at times to emulate what her world would be like. um, I just felt there was zero time wasted. There was no filler. It moved and it. I was like on the edge of my seat, the entire movie and the lead. She kicked ass. It was great. (laughs) I absolutely loved this movie. I'm really excited to go check out the other two uh, Flanagan movies that I haven't watched. Um, the Ouija and I still haven't seen Oculus and I keep hearing great things about Oculus. It's so, so good. If it's as good as Hush was, I, I'm, I'm so I'm going to be watching that thing. Like you need to watch yeah. it. You definitely need to. 
Well, and so I will, I will say, Derek, you know, while I didn't think it was a great movie, I'll agree with the, how you say the female lead kicked ass and she kicked ass in a believable way. Yeah. She didn't like suddenly develop like superpowers where no. she was like, you know, it, it was, it was smartly done in, in what she did. Mm-hmm. She wasn't daredevil. She didn't all of a sudden have these super sensory powers that allowed her to see in other ways and her sense, other senses weren't heightened. She was just a person dealing with a very real situation. There was a scene in it that I thought was so great. There's a point in the movie where she is um, holed up in her house and she gets the killer's crossbow. And she tries to restring this crossbow, but can't. And it, most times in movies, the when you get to the point where the um, the heroine or the hero is attempting to fight back, they usually can't do anything wrong. And in this, it just like she was human. She had very real problems she had to overcome, and she was overpowered but she still kept persevering regardless of what was going on. And I just loved that. That was just like so refreshing to me. I loved every part of this movie and I came out going, fuck yeah, <laughs> that was good. Um, uh, Andrew, did you check this one out? I, I've not seen it. I haven't. Uh, Absentia is the only one of his movies that I've seen, but kind of like you, I just, they've all been in the queue, you know? Yeah, I just haven't watched. I just haven't watched them. I don't watch a lot of new horror. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't, and I think you and I are of the same mind. Is that a lot of it just isn't appealing to me anymore? I want to see yeah. weird stuff. Is is what I want to see. Like uh, I like the Greasy Strangler. <laughs> see, I that was on my list as well. And I after it, it, the movie that I watched before Hush, which I'm not going to name right now, I rented that on Amazon. I had that movie in the Greasy Strangler ready and queued to rent and after i rented the other one i'm like okay i'm not taking any more chances i'm just gonna sit (laughs) i'm not gonna spend any more money i'm just so i i keep hearing i gotta watch a greasy string i can't even speak i gotta watch the greasy strangler so i I, i'm glad to hear that you liked it yeah i hear it's fucking weird as shit it is man but like I have my favorite horror movies that I've seen this year have been just really different, like Neon Demon and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, agreed. And Hush is just about the most normal, straight laced home invasion style movie, and it's usually not my speed. So that's what blew me away about it. I think you'd like it because the lead character, she's just a badass. Yeah, I yeah. think you dig it. No, I, you know, sometimes people think that I would like a movie like Your Next or The Guest, and I didn't really like those. But I, I, uh, you know, I like a female lead character. I liked I'm a Ghost. That was a great movie. Yeah, I agree. That was a good one. Anybody else want to chime in about Hush? Yeah, sure. Um, one of my friends really hyped that one up to me, and I was a I guess disappointed isn't the word, but I was looking for something really explosive. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought it was a little, you know, I guess I, I really like the guest actually and you're next. And I agree that it kind of falls into the same vein, but um, I don't know. I found myself being a little bored throughout, to be honest. Oh, see, yeah. It's a, this is the thing. It's a small movie. It's one of these really small movies where you're you're in one space and it just takes place over a night. Mm-hmm. So if that isn't your bag, I, I could I can totally see 
I can totally see that. But there was something about it that just was just felt great to me. I usually don't like a ton of movies that are in this vein, like home invasion movies just aren't my thing. I so. did really like the uh, the bit about, um, you know, I like the heroin a lot and uh, I really, really like the wasp killer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, this was a good one. I, I really enjoyed this one. It was kind of like Silent House where it is that small kind of, you know, you're, you know the space you're in because it's mapped out for you and where can you go to escape and just her being deaf and, and figuring out all the things she did. Like you said, she, it was realistic, but she was a freaking badass. Yeah, she was. And, and the way the violence in it is very yeah. frank and real. Yes. Mm-hmm. Except for Glenn. He had a point this weekend. There was one thing that bothered Glenn about uh, some injuries in this movie. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Glenn? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, the, the killer, you mean? His yeah, they were... uh, yeah it's, well, but this is a recurring thing with, with killers, even when it's not a supernatural movie, where they can just shrug off almost anything. Like, oh, yeah. well, yeah, I've been stabbed 17 times. My arm's missing. I have a broken leg, and I have a fork sticking on my eyeball. But that's not going to slow me down at all because I'm the villain. <laughs> so there was a little bit of that. A little I'm let that bit. slide because that's because, like I said, that's kind of a norm in in most horror movies where the killer really almost isn't human, even when they're supposed to be human. Well, if you can get past that, I would definitely recommend Hush. I thought it was great, and it's not but, usually in my wheelhouse. And I, I would still definitely recommend people seeing it. Yeah. Yeah, I think Flanagan is definitely one of those directors that's finally I it's really good to see him getting into the mainstream, to be honest. I'm really glad because I just like his style and his tone. Um, So we're going to take a short break here, folks, and then you better prepare yourself. You're going to get a bunch of shit talk in the next episode. We're going to talk about the worst movies we watched this 31 days of horror. So stick around. How the fuck do I narrow that down?
Welcome back, folks. Now, I know a lot of you out there like hearing about bad movies. This is one of the few times on Astro Radio Z where I allow people to come in and openly just shit talk films for the sake of it. So, if that's your kind of thing, listen on. (laughs) Otherwise, go to my more happy episodes of Astro Radio Z, like the one that I did about Blair Witch a few uh, episodes back. Real pleasant episode. Go check that one out. (laughs) So we are going to each talk about the worst film that we watched this year. So we're going to start with Mr. Gonzarific himself. Andrew, if there was anything, I know this isn't your bag at all to do this kind of stuff, but if there was something that you just really weren't into uh, this year, what was it? Um, This would be The Sweet Blood of Jesus by Spike Lee, 2014. Yeah, I've been wanting to see that for a while, but there's something about it. I kept hearing really bad things, and there was something about it that just I couldn't bring myself to watch it. Is it that bad? Well, here's the thing, man. What I wanted to do with 31 Days of Black Horror was to do them chronological. I was going to go start from the earliest one, which was Son of Ngagi, 1940, and then go all the way through the newest one that I saw, which is Boo, Medea, Halloween, which I loved. And I've so, heard a lot of good things about it. It man, looks so I, cute. Me and Henrik and Aaliyah went to see it when he was in town for Gonzo. And like he he thought I was going to die right there. Like I wasn't going to make it to my show that night. That doesn't I, shock me. It just it hurt how how I, I'm, I couldn't recover from one funny thing before another. Anyway, so uh, but the thing was, I, I was excited to see Sweet Blood of Jesus when it came out. because I'm a big Ganja and Hess fan. I'm also a big Spike Lee fan, too. And so... Um, I thought it was pretty cool, but I didn't like it. And so when I went to rewatch for 31 days, I put it to give it another chance, but I also went al- alphabetical instead. So I wouldn't have watched Ganja and Hess before it because Ganja and Hess is, it's a, it's a remake of it basically. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want that on my mind when I was watching it. Cause I'm like, I didn't like it, but I need to, what was the problem? Problem is, and I, the, this is why I picked this one out really. Cause I saw some clunkers. There was a full moon movie in there. I've just, I just cannot do full moon for some reason, but like um, Spike Lee thinks that um, Tyler Perry's stupid movies. He doesn't have any respect for Tyler Perry's movies. And uh, the thing was like, how did then Tyler Perry make like a more satisfying horror movie than you did, man? You know, because the the thing that Sweet Blood of Jesus gets wrong is that it tries to recreate that. Anybody here like Ganjin Hess? There any fan of it? Mm-hmm. Okay. That movie's like a real experimental, you know what I'm saying? Like a, a, yeah. real, a real experimental kind of feel. It's like a head trip, kind of surreal, nonlinear. A lot of, it's just a great experience. He tried to do that, but the result of Sweet Blood of Jesus is that is a detached from everything that's happening. And that's not, Spike Lee's not known for that. You know, I mean, he's always seems to be like his point of view and his feelings are real wired into like everything anyone's. Right, it's right up front. Yeah, yeah. And all the character, like they don't speak in his voice or anything but still you you don't watch his movie and wonder how does he feel about what's happening to his characters but in this one it's a pretty empty experience so so uh, is this your thought this is kind of what i've taken away from him in his latter period is that he just kind of lost the thread i mean i'm sorry go ahead no i just don't i don't i don't see where the motivation is for any of these movies he's making anymore where all his movies in the nineties and the eighties, they all were so passionate and you could tell he had such fire in his heart for these movies. And now 
for, I would want to say since, um, what is it? The 27th day? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Or, or what was that? Was that what the name of it was? The, the, um, Edward Norton one? Uh, 27 hours. I think no 27 hours. Know. Yeah. Since then I, I have not seen one that I've liked. Did at you all, see, I keep you, hearing Chirac is really good. I was getting ready to say, man, when you started that Chirac, you got to see. Well, I have to check that one out. I mean, what do you, how do you feel about how he is now? I, just in general? I don't think it's like a lot of other really talented directors uh, that had, had, you know, made their best films in decades past. I don't think he can get the money from, for the movies that he wants to make. Right. Because I thought um, She Hate Me was a good movie. Like, I really like what that movie said. And uh, Chirac is awesome. I mean, it's like epically awesome. So I just think that uh, in general, people, the, the audience for this stuff is not the same. Like in the 90s, you remember we had all that John Singleton stuff? And yep. think movies seem to want to deal head on with racial issues. And now they seem like they either those, those guys are kind of done with trying to do, with, do that or they can't get the funding to do that anymore. And that's what kind of really sucks about it. So, but Chirac is an anomaly. He actually is, that movie is very explicitly about a specific thing. And it's pretty, it's pretty challenging stuff. Mm. Yeah. Well, I, now that I've heard you say this, and I think Lori Bowen also said she wasn't a big fan of um, Sweet Blood of Jesus. Um, I'm glad I've kind of passed this one by. Did anyone else check this one out before? No. No. Big no. Can't say that I have. Did anybody else see Medea Halloween? No, but I wanted to so bad. My wife really, really, really wanted to because she loves the Tyler Perry movies and uh, it didn't show here anywhere. That's shocking. That movie was huge, man. That movie was like number one for two weeks. Shocking that a Tyler Perry movie wouldn't show in super, super urban (laughs) Stevens Point area. Stevens Point. Man, well, why don't miss it when it comes out on video, man? Because that movie will put you in a coma from laughing. It's insane. <laughs> we, That's we, so plan, yeah, we plan on watching it because my wife loves Tyler Perry movies and we were going to go see it and didn't show up here. Go figure. Okay, so oh, you know, you, but you know what they're like, right? I mean, you, you've seen yeah. it before. No, I, he, I know what they're like. He yeah. just does not give a crap about structure or anything or tone. He's just like, all right, watch this. And he plays like five people talking to each other and it's hysterical. Well, it's pretty much impromptu. It's a lot of riffing, right? It is. It feels like you're just in there watching them and you cannot catch your breath. So, Mark the Movie Man, seeing how you didn't get to watch Medea's Halloween, <laughs> what was the worst movie you saw? Oh, sure. Come to me next. Of course I'm going to come to <laughs> okay, you. I'm, I'm okay, going, I'm going with the new watches because I did watch a few bad horror movies that I had seen in the past. But this was a new watch. It was for a commentary show I was doing for... Uh, we live entertainment and we decided to do one. None of us had seen before. And I picked children of the corn Genesis. Oh yeah. 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 Billy Drago couldn't even save that turd. Oh my God. (laughs) I try to find good things to say about films, folks. If you ever see my reviews, I, I really do. But this one was a snoozer from start to finish. It was so disjointed. You get this opening to this movie 
and you get no real connection to that opening till like near the very end of the film. By that time, you don't care. Mark, now, is it safe to say that by this point in the series, that's like number nine or number 10 or whatever the fuck it is? It has no relation to the series whatsoever, correct? It it really has no relation outside of, well, I think they try to tie it back because this one I think was trying to be like the reintroduction. They were trying to start a whole new type of story. At least that's the way it kind of felt. But this uh, is the one where they were just in that house almost the entire yeah, time, they're right? In the house, talking all the time. He's a religious guy. This guy and his wife, who is pregnant, go figure, uh, get stranded in the middle of the nowhere, and they come across this house of this very religious guy with this very attractive wife, who is, <laughs> which was funny. Wait, uh, isn't that the? Wasn't the wife the the? Like one of the lead women in a hostel? Yes. I believe so. Uh, I'd have to look it up. But yeah, I think she was. Because she, she looked familiar. I'd have to look it up. But I'll uh, do it for you. You keep talking. And, <laughs> and so they, they show up. And there's, there's a whole lot of dialogue. Very little children from the corn in this movie outside of the beginning there was children of the corn. And at the very end, you get some children and that's it. The rest of it is these four people in the house and some creepy stuff starts to happen at the end, but there's two sections of really long exposition. I mean, like five minutes of explaining and I'm like, Oh my God, never mind the fact that uh, these people this wife and this husband, you don't know how they're still married in all honesty um, with the relationship they have, though. I did find it funny. They had the same questions we did while we were watching the film. Like if it was his mail order bride or whatnot, cause she talked with an accent um, and she was from like the Ukraine. Uh, but she also tried to seduce the guy within the first three minutes. They're in the house and they're in the kitchen alone. Um, yeah. This film is just, it's boring. It is so boring. There's nothing that goes on in it. Absolutely. Re- the only thing I remember about this is the fact that Billy Drago is in it. Yeah. He's, he's awful. And that actress, yes, that's Barbara Nedelkova. I'm probably freaking totally slaughtering her name. I know this because I was at a Crypticon Minneapolis with Corey Udler. And she was there. She is a gorgeous woman. <laughs> she is. She is an attractive woman. I just, this film is just so odd and boring. I mean, it's not an, even odd and interesting. The only funny part of the whole thing was at one point, a little bit of something actually happens and you're excited because, oh my God, something supernatural happens. And the only real funny thing is this cop gets shot up into the air, like just, for he just boom he just gets launched in the air and he never comes down and that actually amused me but that was it the rest of this film is just all over the place lots of exposition it thought it was it felt like it thought it was being so much cooler than it was to the very end to where we get the final destination moment of the film and it just made uh, it just it's bad it's boring it's one of those where once stuff happens kind of at the end of the film you don't care you 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 like 
<laughs> you're checked out because nothing up until that point really has happened. Can, and, can you actually say there's a single Children of the Corn film that you liked? I watched one as well. I watched part six, and I honestly couldn't even begin to tell you what the fuck was in that movie at all. What is there any that you actually like, Mark? I the f- the first one I do like because you can see parts in there where they wanted you know what they were trying to do in that, and I do enjoy. Out of all the series, if you want to compare which ones I enjoyed the most, it would be that one. It would be it would be that one, not the TV version one that they did later on. And shockingly um, enough, you, Mark the Movie Man, were trying to champion us to choose Children of the Corn as our <laughs> franchise for next next year. As you're saying this, it, this, it, is, it, this is shocking to me, Mark the Movie. No, it's called sharing the pain. <laughs> so you're trying to pull a Scott Davis on us. No, no, because Scott, Scott Davis actually enjoys Vice Academy films. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> oh my God. Now, group, I'm opening this up to the group. Can you convince me that there's one single tour of the corn movie worth a pinch of shit? Anyone? No. <laughs> James wins. Correct answer. There isn't one. There is a single no. one. <laughs> All they, garbage. Yet they still keep making them. Um, hot, as I would say, hot trash. All of them. Yeah. Hot trash. So let's go ahead and move on. James, what was the worst movie you watched this month? Well, um, that's a tough question because I watched a couple shot on video ones that I got for 50 cents at a video store. Mm, I'm interested. Yeah. Um, you got me. I'm going to say the worst one was barely a horror movie. The only reason I watched it is because the DVD case lied. The, the DVD case makes it look out to be like a monster movie. There's somebody screaming and there's a monster behind them. But in the movie, there are no monsters. It's a thriller about a conspiracy theory involving the government hunting down some high school teen. I'm not even sure. It was very, very confused. <laughs> But the worst part about the whole thing was actually the camera framing. No one had chins. Well, okay, for, let's let's rewind. What is the title of this movie? I don't know. Um, it's <laughs> you called, don't know the title. Well, <laughs> no. Okay, here it is. It was called Recoil. The reason why is is absolutely terrible. This dude in like the final third of the movie develops a. Like oh my god! Okay, so does the cover hand. does the cover look like uh, a woman screaming while some demon thing is like rubbing blood up against her face? Yeah, neither of them are in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at Letterboxd right now. Uh, directed by Wendell D. Hubbard. Secret government experiments lead to horror in the hood. A teenager given a homework excitement gets more than he bargained for. Is that correct? Yeah, he uh, he gets a videodrome hand. And yeah, <laughs> doesn't do anything with it. <laughs> it. It was it was insane. And uh, like I said, nobody had chins. They were always filming their eyes and you know crap in there chins out and that was just so painful no lights you know shot indoors so you can't see anything it was bad oh my god you know what this sounds like have you ever guys have you guys ever seen hip-hop locos 
<laughs> no. Can't say that I have, but oh I want to now. No, you don't. It's all. It's like these. It's basically two Latino dudes that have a digital camera, no lights, calling each other what homes fifty million times. You can't even tell what's going on. It's so dark. But, it's on YouTube. But is it better than the Gateway Meet? Oh, it, no. oh my God. wait a minute. Hey, hey, that name again. That actually sounds pretty good. What's it called? Hip Hop Locos. <laughs> Hip Hop Locos. Yeah, I'll watch that. Yeah. Good luck with that, Andrew. Good luck with that. But but answer the question. Is, is it, it better, better than, than the Gateway, the gateway meet? meet? The Gateway Meet, at least you could tell that there were things going on on the screen. And I'm not oh. I'm not even mildly exaggerating. Damn it. Okay. Not saying those things we got to see on the screen with the Gateway Meet were good. <laughs> but okay. <laughs> so recoil I'm going to take a wild stab in the air and in the dark and say that nobody else has seen recoil uh, no I have not make something up for me Glenn you saw this right <laughs> uh, no <laughs> you oh thank you thank you what about hey wait do you guys hear that I'm getting a phone call I'm getting a phone call Holy shit, Dwayne from Vice Academy has come back on the show. I cannot believe this. Dwayne, I hear you're the biggest recoil fan in the entire world. How did you come to, to watch this? Well, somebody threw it at my dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to. Are you a big 31 Days of Horror fan, uh, Dwayne? Yeah. Yeah, one one year someone uh, wrote the number thirty one on a shoe and uh, then laid it square in the old penile. Oh man! So, so does uh, does your uncle uh, James Lipton allow you out of the 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 basement that you live in to watch these horror movies, or do you just have this extensive collection in that basement? No, no, I actually neither one. I just I just kind of wait for him to fall on my genitals from the sky. Uh, you know, wherever they may come from, you know, that's the kind of that's the kind of life I lead. Oh well, this was this was entertaining. Thanks for calling. I'm I'm gonna let you go, Dwayne. I I, I mean, yeah, I, I I pray for your nuts. Sorry. Oh yeah, never never heard that one before. All right, goodbye, Dwayne. Goodbye. So, anyways, <laughs> recoil sounds. I'm just totally enthralled by this. James. Yeah, it'll make you uh, recoil in horror at how bad uh, it is. Wah, wah. <laughs> Okay, Angelique, what yeah. was the worst? Is, is it going to be the gateway meet? No. Oh, that's shocking. Okay, <laughs> well, I'm interested. You got me. What is it? Chaos. Oh, Jesus. That fucking... Why did you watch that? Don't you, don't you, well, didn't we already have a conversation about this on another podcast? Yeah, and, I, and no. we warned you how fucking awful that was? Yes, I... Well, I didn't I didn't recall that it was the same one we had talked about because, you know, my 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 new feller, he was like, oh, you like horror movies and here's an extreme horror movie for you. You're going you're gonna to be shocked and terrified. And I'm like, bring it. And we put in chaos, and I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> Low rent, trash ass, rip off of Last House on the Left with 
thoroughly dissatisfying ending. And oh, oh. it was Mark's so ripoff show. That's where I talked about it. Ah. Uh, well, I know we talked about it on the horror porn parody episode because on the lat- on the latest one that we did this year because we had watched uh, the Texas Vibrator Mass. No, was it? Yeah, the Texas Vibrator yeah. Massacre, and there were that movie was really mean spirited and misogynistic, and I likened it to chaos because I th- uh, I think chaos is one of the most despicable films I've ever watched well in, in so many ways I mean you're right it's completely just awful in tone and visual and story and just everything about it is just ugh. it's irresponsible it's I I just think in general if you're gonna do this is I don't know I I, I try to frame this in a way that doesn't make me sound like a hypocrite when I, when I say this, but I I think most people that have their heads on straight understand that as, as horror filmmakers and as fans, there's just some stuff that's irresponsible to put out there. And I think this movie was just really mean spirited and misogynistic for the sake of being extreme and edgy. And I well, hate everything I, about this movie. Well, I mean, that's the last frontier, really. I mean, when you when you think about it. So it's just, it's, I just, oh, just every second, I was just like, no, 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 no. I wasn't disgusted. I wasn't, um, you know, offended by any means. It was just, it just makes your face make, you know, that face you make when you just, there's just, oh, you, ugh. I can't even describe it. I just I hated it. It was so bad and so badly shot and just the acting sucked and just, it just sucked. And one of the one of the Stallone kids are in that movie or the Stallone kid. Yeah, Sage the one that died and he that was one of the things that was unbelievable about it. I got it as a screener when back when I was a blogger and I was like those guys claim the people that made it claim to have never seen Last House on the Left, even though they ripped off the, they ripped off the posters and the movie. Yeah, but then, but then, but that guy Sage Sloan, I was like, man, he should know better because, like, he would have known Last House on the Left. You know what I mean? Like, he right. Would've, mm-hmm. He would have known. He shouldn't have done that. Like, I couldn't believe it. That was actually wor- the worst part about it. I don't know, Andrew. What did you think of the film itself? It's broy and shitty. Yeah. I think the the scene, and I, I said this on that episode, and in case you haven't heard it, I'll just say it again. The one scene that, that literally made me just like say, yeah, fuck this movie, fuck it so hard and into oblivion was um, there's a scene where the dudes take an African-American woman and fuck her with a knife. And yeah. I felt that was very irresponsible. I just thought, you know what? Do we need this? Well, this- they, they were needlessly, they were trying to be extreme, but the kind of people that they were catering to, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. what the fuck? I know? hated it. I hated every fucking second of this thing. Have either of you other guys, have you seen this movie, Chaos? No. It um, doesn't sound like it's going on my list. <laughs> yeah, no, not going to watch that either. <laughs> Mark, no, I no, I haven't. Yeah, if you don't like 
Last House on the Left ripoffs. I mean, it's unabashedly mm-hmm. Last House it's on the pleasure. Left. I mean, but I mean, any remaining rights holders or any copyright, whatever, it, it, they could totally just screen this side by side and win for any type yeah. of plagiarism case. It would totally be a C and D, and and this movie would go to the horrible deep shit grave where it belongs yeah i'm i'm really shocked isn't that the the movie that isn't goldberg the wrestler one yes. of the main yeah yeah he's the one that does the knife work yeah just a, just a despicable piece of shit i i, I will go bonus. to my grave hating this movie I watched the bonus features too and all the press materials for it <laughs> i was just like they're like oh look how hardcore we are we're going to a real morgue brother and i'm like you make me fucking sick, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's Damn. just it's made by people that don't understand horror and and, and uh, I don't want to go on about it. It's just <laughs> I uh, yeah, I just hate that movie. It it's indicative of what the vast majority of the underground horror scene is too. Is yes. they just think that, you know, misogyny and um, humiliation and degradation, Extreme sexual violence. Yeah, that, like that is horror, and it's just, it's terrible and unnecessary. It yeah. just, we don't need that in this world anymore. We don't. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm just being an old man. Get off my fucking yeah. porch and my lawn. No, I mean I, I can don't accept see that shit anymore. Yeah, I mean I can accept a zombie rising from the lake of a summer camp to kill some camp counselors who are screwing, but. You know, he doesn't fuck him with a knife. <laughs> all right, let's go ahead and move on now that we're all really down. <laughs> and Glenn, what was the worst thing you saw? I'm going to have to go, I think, with the first one I watched for the month, which would be Jerusalem. Oh Jesus! What a what a clever title! What is? Uh, let me guess what this one's about. It's a taut political thriller. No, <laughs> no. Um, well, it's 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 like an hour and forty minutes long, and aside from the first like minute and a half, for the next roughly seventy four minutes, you wouldn't know it's a zombie movie. Because nothing fucking happens aside from two girls wandering around Jerusalem, occasionally going to a party and whining about stuff. (laughs) This kind of sounds like the hollow a little bit. All as found footage because it's all shot through one of the girls. Well, it's just called Glass, but it's supposed to be like Google Glass, which if this was an ad for Google Glass, wow, it has the best battery and the strongest Wi-Fi reception ever. Because she never lacked for a Wi-Fi connection, even while in a cave, and the battery never ran low. I mean, how do you think Bin Laden got all the videos out there? He had banging. He had like a T1 in the cave. God, this just so, no, so not good. So just, God, balls deep and bad is what it was. (laughs) (laughs) This is one that I've seen on Netflix a lot like they've been promoting this thing big time did any of you other guys or lady have you any of you seen this thing nope i have okay mark the movie man no i'm not going to comment i can't have a podcast if you don't comment mark the movie yes man. i know 
I did not hate it like Glenn did, but okay. Well, give the counterpoint. What's what's up? I thought it was interesting the way they tried to approach it. I did like the Google Glass. I didn't think so far as oh wow, what's strong Wi-Fi? I thought it was at least an in- them attempting to try something a bit different with the found footage, which I did find as a positive that they were at least trying to go that route. And uh, I thought it was interesting when you actually had some pop-up windows come up uh, with the characters uh, rather than, uh, you know, going through any exposition with them, they show kind of a little bit about themselves. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like the, uh, the fact they were trying to tell it. It was, it was kind of done a la Cloverfield in that you're got stuff happening elsewhere in the place rather than you had had a Cloverfield feel to me for it. And I, I don't think it was phenomenal, but I do appreciate some of the things that they were trying to go for with it. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't hate it like Glenn did, but I guess I didn't think that far with it. Like well, what did. you're saying, Mark is a big reason why I hated it so much because they had a clever idea. Mm-hmm. And I think they totally just said, we got this awesome idea. And we don't know what the fuck to do with it. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Uh, so I guess I was I was more drawn in by the, uh, you know, them trying something different. But yeah, their execution could have been a lot better with it. You know, I didn't totally hate it though, like Glenn. I think that this trope now of using like the augmented reality, you know, the Google Glass or like the Bluetooth headsets in Blair Witch, that's going to be the new found footage. Because they're going to try and figure out a way that they can get around that whole problem that everyone's had with found footage for years is why are they still filming? How are they still filming? Why are they bothering? Because they've forgotten because the camera is now so integrally a part of them that it just keeps running. So I have a feeling this is going to be a trope that we're going to see starting from now. Oh, you're already starting to see it a lot more. And, you know, at least it, 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 bypasses the whole shoot you've got to shoot everything yeah don't stop rolling you know (laughs) and the problem is now it's not it's not oh why are they still filming is how do they still have the battery power right what kind of like storage capacity do they have to be filming this for this long how are they not dumping this footage yeah no i i mean i totally get it i like you said i just for me i guess i found a few more highlights in it because found footage, you watch so many, they were trying to at least do something different. And the uh, military guys were kind of humorous, I thought, uh, when stuff started happening. But um, on the whole, yeah, it is a lot of a lot of the girls just uh, walking around and and doing stuff. But that that's a kind of a trend you're seeing now more in actually more not just found footage films but i've noticed in in a number of films in general i mean like we talked about it derek with watching uh the hollow yeah uh was that a lot of films and it's not just the hollow a number of newer horror films are running into this to where they're burning time it feels like before they get to the actual you know meat or whatever because they think they're building character but no, it's because they had a but, short film that got stretched into a feature right it, it ended up being a short film idea that they want to make into a feature and it would have been better as a short film right 
Right. Well, it's too bad. So Jeruz, Big Z, Zlum. Zlum. Yes. Turd. Turd, that's too bad. So, um, hmm. Comes to the time where I am going to pick something. I had a really tough time when I was sitting here and thinking about what was the worst film that I watched this this year because there was a number of them that I thought were in contention. I mean, I watched that despicable <laughs> uh, Victor Selva movie, Clown House, which uh, you can go look that up and you'll figure out really, really quickly why I said that that's despicable. Um, but the two movies that I had a tough time choosing between were like, they, they made me so, so disinterested in them so quickly that it was shocking. It was shocking. And the, the one I'm going to pick out of the two um, is mostly because the, the first one I saw that I, I got real, that I had discussed earlier that I watched before Hush was um, Scott Shermer's new movie, Plank Face. And I don't like dogging on, on low-budget independent films because I know how hard it is to make these things. And I know the same applies for, for the big-budget films, but I know that Shermer, I, I'm a huge fan of Found, and I was really anxious to see um, both of his newer movies that, ju- that both came out this year, Harvest Lake and Plank Face, which I watched both of, actually, this month. And while I didn't enjoy Harvest Lake, it had a great tonality to it. And I think Brian Williams had a great eye for the cinematography in it. And so I appreciated the tonality of the film, even though I felt it was rather pointless and kind of just like vacant. Um, But Plank Face, I don't want to really go on to it about it because I don't want to dog films by low-budget indie guys that are really trying to do something different. But needless to say, I hated it. I just did not like it at all. I didn't get what the point was of it. It, it just felt like edginess to be edgy for no reason whatsoever. And the, it, I just – I was very disappointed by it. But the movie that I ultimately thought was the worst film I saw this month, hands down, Lights Out. I hated this movie, hated this movie. Um, Amanda and I watched it and it's, if you're not familiar with what lights out is, it was uh, the feature that came out uh, to the theaters this last year that was um, expanded from a very clever little, like three to four minute short that uh, swept all over and became a viral sensation about this lady that was, would turn off the lights and all of a sudden uh, there'd be a, um, the shape of a, of a person in her hallway when it was dark. And then at the end, all of a sudden you see that person when she turns on the light and they took this and expanded it out to a feature. Now, what we had just talked about with the idea of taking a short and expanding it out and unnecessarily. So applies so much here. The first, like I thought the first 15 to 20 minutes of this film, I have never seen Amanda so freaked out by a movie. 
Like she literally couldn't stand watching it because it made her feel so uncomfortable because she's just like, she's admitted before on the podcast. She's just not a fan of the dark. (laughs) We have nightlights and she just doesn't like it. And this played into that fear big time. And I thought those first 20 minutes were really good. Then the movie explains away everything literally gives every little motivation to the most plain cliche garbage that makes the movie not scary in the slightest. And by the end of the movie, I just couldn't wait. It was only an hour and like 21 minutes. It felt like a two and a half hour long movie. It just, I couldn't stand this movie. I, 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 I don't understand why we need to explain the horror away in movies anymore. And that seems to be a trope in all of these supernatural movies that are coming out to the megaplexes is that you have this great idea for very subtle scares that really work. And we have to put faces to all of these scares. It's, it's stupid. So stupid. I really fucking hated this movie. I know most of you guys have probably seen this. What was the general consensus? I know I'm in the minority on this. What was everybody's thoughts of Lights Out? It made a great short. Yeah, I didn't yeah. see the feature. Um, and it, it's, I liked parts of it. But then, yeah, the whole second half were, as you said, they have to explain everything why can't you why can't we just accept the fact that it's some weird fucking thing in the dark that fucking kills people why can't it just be that why do you have to go on this whole thing of the oh well it's this girl who was allergic to light fuck really just stop well yeah because it was is another one of these things where all of a sudden it was a, a an asylum movie where the this um family it, this mother was in an asylum and this girl she was she had a light sensitivity and blah 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 it was so cliched and and just so unnecessary that by the halfway point man you just like i i could give a fuck there was nothing in that movie that was going to scare me anymore. It was just, it was too bad. Mark, I know you've seen this one. So if you liked it or whatever, let's hear it. Bring it. Yeah. I like this one too. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what worked for you about this Mark? I'm interested. I guess I was just focused more on the, the creature design and the concept. I like the audio how they played with the scratching of the creature personally. I kind of like that idea and the fact that um, it was dealing with the uh, mother's mental illness. In all honesty, I, I guess I got a little attached to the mother character a bit. She was the, the best actor in the film. I thought she the, did uh, throughout, even when they explained away everything, she really went for it. Yeah, and she she was selling me on it. Uh, a lot with her her role and her part and I like I said I like the creature design of it and it actually hit me in the little feels the way it ended but that's because I was so attached I think to the mom character the way that ended I thought was a little bit darker than I I expected them to go considering how it kind of you know I, I recognize it was a play by numbers but I, I personally enjoyed it. I enjoyed the sound design. I enjoyed the design of the creature. And 
how it creeped around in general and the, the whole thing with the lights off type of thing. Um, yeah, you know, for me, them also addressing mental illness through horror uh, as a subject of mental illness through horror and not having necessarily the mental ill person be a killer uh, I thought also was interesting because normally the person with the mental illness is the killer. Uh, so uh, I guess for me, it, it struck a little bit of a chord that way. And um, yeah, I dug it. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I wasn't bored by it at all. I didn't hate it at all either. Um, you know, some of the CGI I thought could have been done better. And yeah, they did explain a little bit more than they needed to, but I guess for me, it didn't, bother me that much that they were explaining it because I was kind of finding it interesting with the little I, I girl. I think the reason why it it bothered me so much is because there was nothing metaphorical about it. Right. It was so literal. Like mm-hmm. uh, As you're talking and saying, you know, they're dealing with mental illness and it there was no subtext. It was mm-hmm. literally on the nose. Like they explained everything and had to hold your hand. And they took all of the power of the movie completely away from it. And that's what killed it for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I can see that normally, I guess, uh, with explanations, you know, in horror films, that does bug me too. But here, I don't know if it was just the fact because I was into the character as well as the uh, the creepy you know, the creepy being, if you will, the creepy spirit, maybe that it, it didn't bug me as much. I'm not sure why, but for me, I, I enjoyed it. I, I dug it. I mean, I've, I've watched a lot of the modern horror film, wide release horror films, and that could be two for me mm-hmm. because it was one of the better wide release horror films uh, I've seen recently just because of what they were trying to do with it. Uh, because uh, I've seen a, a lot of, bad wide release films so um that could be part of it too but oh man mark i wish i wish i could have seen what you saw in this because i couldn't disagree more with you Um, (laughs) oh i know james james or andrew did you see this movie i did not i don't usually go see horror movies in theaters to be honest really any movies at all it's kind of sad also just the idea of horror movie based on a you know something so short and simple kind of turned me off yeah, yeah, the the trailer didn't do much for me either. So I was just it's too bad. I think I honestly think there was there have been there was a lot better horror movies out there that came out this year. The Witch. Oh yeah. When you compare new new horror movies, I just oh man, Mark. I wish I could see what you saw in this movie. This was I had never seen Amanda turn on a movie the way she turned on this one as well. Her and I were like in the same boat where the beginning of the movie, she was visibly like really disturbed by this. And then about a half hour in to the 45 minute mark, she was so out of it. Uh, What can I say? I enjoy a lot of films. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's fine, Mark. That's fine. No, I didn't enjoy the darkness. That movie was so crap. It was not even funny. Oh man. But oh man. That's a Kevin Bacon. So maybe that's why too. After watching the darkness, I saw lights out. So that could be part of it. 
Oh, maybe you don't need to explain it, Mark. You can like lights out. I just didn't get it. I didn't get why you need. That's just one of my the main things I just don't like in a lot of modern horror movies that are at the megaplex, like the mass market stuff, which I'm usually not a big fan of, but I always try to give a chance to. Is that it's just like there's too much hand holding for my taste. I just don't dig it. Um, so. There we have it, folks. We've gone through the lists. We've given you the best and the worst stuff to avoid. Hopefully, we've given you some stuff to go check out. So, um, before we we send off today, in the amongst all of the members of Astro Radio Z, we have come to a consensus, folks. In 2017, the franchise we are going to try and handle is, Mark the Movie Man, give me a drum roll. That almost sounds like something very perverted. Exactly, right? I'm picturing two fingers on either side of your mouth. Spread them, man. Spread them. That was just so raw. Anyway, so the franchise... We're going to handle is the Puppet Master series of movies. We're going to be watching all of them puppets, all of the masters, leech women, and pinheads galore. So hopefully you guys will stick around. You'll be happy to travel through the the depths of the full moon catalog as uh, this beat out Children of the Corn. (laughs) That Mark tried to champion as our franchise for next year. So look for that at the beginning of 2017. And starting this week, I'm going to go back to a bi-weekly schedule for episodes of Astro Radio Z. So in two weeks, look forward to finally catching that polyester episode that that we already recorded once. We're going to try it again. So uh, thank you for sticking with us. Hope you got something out of this episode and uh, look forward to more Astro Radio Z coming up soon. So now this is the portion of the show where we shamelessly shill the fuck out of you. Angelique Moan, where can my listeners find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Um, I do not hide at all. Um, you can also find some great movie reviews by me and some really funny cats at thelosthighway.com. Awesome. James, is there anything you would like to promote? Nope. Not at this time. I make movies, but... They're not on the internet yet, so, oops. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate you coming on. I know we've met each other quite a number of times, but it was nice to finally have you on the show. And thanks for being part of the group. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. Cool beans. Glenn? Uh, You can find me on YouTube, Guy in the Bunker Productions, or at my website, GuyInTheBunker.com, or just follow me on Twitter, at Guy in the Bunker, or check out my gaming podcast, The Adventure Party, at Astro Radio, sorry, not Astro Radio Z. <laughs> I, I love that's it. That's where I'm the fucking now. Uh, at uh, Galactic <laughs> Network, Galactic Netcasts, which the name of that has changed too. But yeah. Do you want to try that again, Glenn? No. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a perfect person, so we'll leave it like, we'll leave it like that. Uh, okay uh mr gonzarific andrew shearer why don't you tell my listeners where they can find you on the interwebs 
I have to say, sorry, the caramel apple Twizzlers are that fucking jam. Oh <laughs> I, I, I agree with you on that. Holy shit, dude. You got to keep me away from that shit. Oh, I just ate everything. All right, I'm sorry. Okay, so what are we doing? We got, uh, hey, hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. And, and, and thank you for having me on this. This is fantastic. All of you guys. This is really great. 31 days of, of rock and roll motherfuckers. Okay, so um, www.com gonzorific.com you can buy dvds of my movies and there's links in there to watch them on amazon on demand if you just want to watch them on amazon we got uh late night cable pajama nightmare mondo gonzo fake blood and the underground cinema cinema with an s and uh on youtube you can watch free short films on there and some of the older stuff and uh Dwayne wanted me to tell you that he can be found at www.kickmeinthegoddamndickgenitals.com dick, dick genitals <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, no, that's not our second. Jimmy.com. Well, before before we uh, go to Mark the Movie Man, hey, how did uh, the Gonzorific Movie Fest go for you? Oh, it was fantastic. Dream come true every single time. It was really, really cool. We just, uh, you know, if those of you who, d- who aren't familiar with what it is in Athens, Georgia, um, every year we do a midnight movie show of the films that my friends and I make all year long. So, and we also have, you know, guests that come in and bring their movies too. So instead of us having some kind of competitive film festival, it's more of like, um, I don't know, maybe like a punk show or something like that. We just, everybody goes on and, and they show their stuff and instead of the big thing being a performance, we get to just sit back and enjoy all the hard work we did. So. Awesome. Well, Mr. Mark, the movie man, last but not least, where can my listeners find you? Now, horror, will ye know the heart on of sin? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Way to bring it around, Mark, the movie man. Fertilize the blaspheming Bob show. Yes. A film that uh, is uh, about an hour and a half long, but there's like interesting 20 minutes in the film. Uh, and I'm going to do I think I'm going to really do a uh, fan edit of that movie at some point uh, just because it, it screams to need to be done. Uh, but uh, if you're curious about any of my stuff, you can find me uh, on uh, specialmarkproductions.com is where you can go from there to my YouTube channel. You can find the spoiler room, which uh, many of the folks here have been on in the past. Uh, we're doing a November. We're doing uh, more mature animated films this month. We're covering heavy metal, Wizards, uh, Watership Down, and uh, I, f- I forgot what the other one was. But um, so we got that going on there. You can also find me on uh, Galactic Netcast as well. I do the Movie Man's Minute where surprising, I know, don't be shocked. I actually do a movie review within a minute. Um, it's amazing. I, I still don't know if people believe that I can actually do that to not talk about a movie for more than a minute, but I do. Uh, so I'm there as well. And on We Live Entertainment, I occasionally do written reviews too. Awesome. Well, thanks everybody for coming on. And for you listeners that have stuck around and listened to all this, if you want to be a part of next year's 31 Days of Horror episode, or you want to be a part of our group, Go to Facebook.com and go search for Horror Challengers. And we, will, we run this year-round now, but next year, 
around September, we start amping up for 31 days of horror. And if you want to be a part of it, go sign up now. But don't be an asshole. I don't put up with that shit. So everybody, say goodnight. Night night. Is it really is it really called horror challengers? Yeah, yeah. I couldn't think of anything <laughs> after the fucking that's what space, it is right now. After the fucking space shuttle tragedy. Too soon. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> too soon. You can find Astro Radio Z on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, YouTube, and anywhere that podcasts are found. Please subscribe, share, rate, and review. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and email us questions, concerns, or just general chatter at astroradiozpodcast at gmail.com. Coming from me, Derek Carey, thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time. Uh